0: You are now listening to Podcast Like a Champion Today, an OU football podcast produced by fans for fans. Now, here are your hosts, Noah, Joe, Johnny, and Christian. All right, Sooner Nation, we just finished watching the OU Kansas State game. Uh, probably was not our favorite game to watch this season, a little bit of a disappointing outcome, not what we were hoping, not what we were expecting. All of us got a pick wrong there this week with, with that one. So we're still gonna, you know, definitely do a post game pod, talk about what we saw, um, good things, bad things, what needs to change, just initial thoughts in mean, this game probably ended in, in an hour, hour and a half ago. So just what are y'all's initial thoughts initial feelings coming off of watching OUK State this week?
1: The thing I thought the most of was just a uh, a lack of like finishing. Like finishing blocks, uh execution. Just li- like just little things that just piled up over the course of the game. Um you know, we like, Eric Gray, honestly, he had a good game. Eric Gray played, like, very well. Um, but we were checking the ball down a lot, didn't take very many, like, deep shots. And, you know, obviously we're four Fat OU fans. We don't know everything about coaching or whatever. But it just seemed like we weren't We were very diverse in our play calling. So that was really, you know, one of the bigger things that I saw um, while at the game.
0: yeah I think I it feels like offensively we rely um, heavily on getting the run game going first and then passing out of that and I think that's the same thing we saw with Kent State whenever we struggled a little bit with them like our run game didn't go so great at the beginning and we didn't pass so great we had a couple three and outs and then once the run game got going the rest of the offense moved and it took a while for us to actually get the run game going like you said whenever you look at eric gray's numbers he actually ended up with a with a good day um man but at the beginning i don't think it was his fault he was just running straight into defenders like just we weren't moving people out of the way we weren't giving them anywhere to go um and you know and sometimes you know he might pick a bad hole stuff like that too but we just never got our run game going i think Obviously, with the offense we're running, apparently, you know, that's going to affect everything from there. I think that that made that first half tough on us offensively.
2: You know, at the beginning of the year, I tried to be optimistic while also hopeful um, because, you know, Britt's coming in first year. So I said, we'll probably drop a game or two most likely to Kansas State, Baylor, or Oklahoma State. Um and going in after last week's win, after our big like you know, that, that was that was I thought we were gonna start building some momentum. And tonight was just, you know, a big slap in the face. And you know, just it kinda humbled me as a fan because I, this week, my my brain was like, I don't know. This is one to be optimistic about. This is one that Kansas State's no joke. Like, we're not just going to roll over them. But my heart wanted us to just blow them out so bad. But obviously, that didn't happen because we didn't win the game. But yeah, the, this was... This was an L under the chin, and I'm excited to see, moving on, how Brent um, responds to it. You know, because you're going to have wins, you're going to have losses, hopefully more wins than losses, but how are we going to respond? So,
0: Yeah, and that was a, a quote Brent said in the post-game uh, interview that he had, too. He was like, you know, tonight doesn't define us. How we respond is what's going to define us, and so you can always count on brent to give the right answers that's one of the great things about him he's very professional like gonna give the answer that gets that gets our team back on track uh i think a big part of that joe like you were talking about this week felt really hopeful coming off our first three weeks and it's i you know big part of it is the national uh media kind of pushed that narrative this week and it always makes you feel better joel clatt was talking about how much he loved ou colin coward put him as the number two a uh, team that he's seen like play this year as like the second best. He put Georgia in the number, you know, and then uh, Oklahoma right behind him. You got Skip Bayless who always likes him, but that's national media who talks about him. And so it gets this buzz going and people are like, okay, I think OU's like legit, which I'm not saying they aren't, but first year coaching, a lot of brand new pieces. And, and I think it just really got our hopes up that somehow we were just going to run the table and it'd be an easy year and this will bring us back to reality a little bit of like, okay, you know, we got to give this coaching staff and this team a little bit of time to grow. Like everything's yeah. new for them. So the thing is
2: we look at like our, um, you know what? I, I, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I uh, <laughs> I dropped something on the ground and it completely, you know, it was a piece of food. I'm eating my feelings right now. Fans, because I'm really upset about this loss. But uh, anyway, Johnny Noah, got anything to say? Because I'm just upset right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we've been conditioned as OU fans with uh, just for, like, top-tier quarterback play, and you kind of see how numbers aren't always a true indication uh, of performance. So today, Dylan Gabriel threw for 391 and four total touchdowns. But in a you think that's like great, but it's the balls he missed that ended in like punts or um field goals. So there were a couple of them over the top to Drake Stoops had a walk in touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh Mims got behind the defense a couple times. Um just it's it's not gonna be the same as Baker and Kyler or yeah. even yeah. Jalen. Yeah. Um and he could grow into that next year. Maybe down the stretch this year is a good building point, but it's going to be different. We're going to re- rely on the run a lot more. Um, and I think Eric Gray was good tonight. Um, let's see, He ran 16 times for 114 yards. It's uh, pretty good. That's seven yards of carry. Um, yeah. It's just like there. It was just a whole mess of things not going OU's way. Penalties being undisciplined. Uh, I... Not questioning the defensive game plan because obviously the people making those decisions know a lot more about football than me. But to not have a spy down the stretch in these like third and long situations where, you know, Martinez doesn't want to throw the ball deep. He uh, would rather use his legs like the the backbreaker, the what third and 17. And he runs for like 55 yards like not having a spy there is just almost inexcusable. And you have um, just the mix of that and the defensive line not being able to get home and maybe over-pursuing a little too much and leaving run lanes up the middle for them and everyone's deep 20, 30 yards back deep in coverage. So it's just like kind of the perfect storm for K-State of um, mental mistakes from OU, all the penalties, um, and then the defensive game plan just kind of working in their favor. Adrian Martinez uh, threw for two thirty four and a touchdown, and then ran for one hundred and forty eight and four touchdowns. That's just, I yeah. mean, he was the better quarterback today, and that's just putting it bluntly. Like he ran their offense better and he managed the game better. He won the Heisman today.
0: I don't think he went that far, but Venable's Venable's uh, talked about that in his post game as well too. Is he talked about like? That third, obviously that third and 16 is huge at the end where we have a chance to stop and, and drive back down and we doesn't seem like we have a QB spy there. Like he just takes off for a 30, 40 yard run. And Venable said in the post game that there, that the design of that play, there was a QB spy. And he said, I'm not going to say who it was, but someone didn't do their job. Okay. Um, so yeah,
3: I, I didn't heard that. That's, yeah.
0: So Venable said like, there's a QB spy in that play and our defense didn't. Like, I don't know if they didn't understand the play. They weren't listening. But he was like, you know, in that situation, we had a QB spy, and the person who it was didn't do their job. Uh, And so, like, just knowing – and you know, like, Venables has got to just be so mad like, whenever he sees something like Mm -hmm. that. Like, it's one thing, you know, bad coaching, he's going to be mad at himself if he didn't call a play that had a QB spy. But he's like, no, it was there. We just – team didn't do it. Like, it just didn't happen. Uh, And so hearing stuff like that, I think – you talked about some of the passes we missed, but even like with some of those bigger touchdown passes, the same thing, just like a couple of the times when we went forward on fourth down, you know, Stoops was open on a slant for a fourth down, uh, different, just mm-hmm. a couple different fourth downs that weren't huge plays, even just, you know, six yard throws that we were missing uh, and, and just missing guys who were open for that. So that was, that was something I had talked about last week with Nebraska. I said, you know we saw them missing some some open throws that we can't miss whenever the game matters, and that's yeah. what happened. That's what happened this week that he couldn't afford to miss some of those throws, and we did uh, I will say, like I know you and Johnny went to the game so you didn't get to listen to post game with Venables. Um, Venables did say like that that DG played well enough for us to win the game like Mm -hmm. he he said uh this is what Venable said on Dylan Gabriel here's here's his quote he played good enough to win the game we have to be a little more efficient at critical times we had a few missed throws with guys opens but he gave us a chance to win the game and we didn't do our job as a football team to help him win this game so
2: yeah yeah I mean I think that's one of the things that as fans especially if we're I mean, if you're at the game, there's a lot of distractions going on. And, you know, depending on where you are, you can't see the full field or you maybe are paying attention to one position group and you can't, you know, pay attention to everybody at once. And me as a fan who my preference is to stay home and watch it on TV. um, I, you know, even then we don't see the full 22. We don't see everybody you know, and trying to have their trying to get their assignments and trying to cover and everything like that. But so that's one of the things that I think just going back to, you know, this week when I talked about old white guys that uh, talk trash on Twitter, that have a really stupid name, my dad, Um, we, you know, we always have those guys that are OU fans That immediately, just if we have a bad game, it's the quarterback's fault. I mean, not even just OU fans, football fans in general. You have one bad game, whose fault is it? The quarterback. You have a good game, though, you know, who gets most of the glory, usually the quarterback. Um, But, you know, that's one of the things that I I think Dylan Gabriel, he struggled in some areas. You know, there's, there's some things. He had a few overthrown balls, which is what we see. Whenever we're watching, you know, Drake Stoops is wide open. He's got a walk-in touchdown. But, you know, we, we don't see the we, – we see him – we see the offensive line and we see them blocking for him and him looking down the field. Whenever he doesn't – he takes a long time and he doesn't know who to throw to, that might mean the receivers aren't getting open. So that's just one of the things that, as fans, we have to understand. Like, it's a team sport. It's not, you know – the, there's never one guy to blame it's always you win as a team you lose as a team so
3: to to go off bb's point um oh OU out out k-state uh 550 yards to 509 um the penalties though 11 for 87 compared to yeah. six for 37 that's a big difference and they just seem to come at the worst time yeah, yeah. um you're you get that delay of game which that that's that's A coaching mistake like they they had a play for third down and they knew like if they got close they were going to go for it they decided to sub uh to bring eric graham for marcus major with like 12 seconds left on the play clock which allowed the uh which allowed k-state to sub too and of course and i'm not blaming them i would do it too you milk that you take your time and then they're trying to get a guy in motion with two seconds left and they get called for the delay game. They had holds. They had like, it it was just a sloppy game. And we haven't really seen that from this team yet this year. It's been pretty clean uh, up to this point. Uh, No, no turnovers forced uh, Four tackles for loss. No sacks. That's, that's probably the biggest part of it for me was um, Johnny and I had, I, I, I play some wagers on this game and one of them was for, uh, I felt like it was a give me for Adrian Martinez to throw an interception. Um, we've talked about the streak, the streak on the podcast. Yeah, the streak came to an end. Um, and that's a, I mean, that's big into the outcome. Like that yeah. was just an extra, like a possession that we didn't get to take away from him. So, um, speaking of
0: the streak, we did have we we had one that was in the hands. I posted mm-hmm. on Instagram and Twitter Joe's reaction. Uh, that was the end of his reaction. He was on the couch whenever that first happened. He just fell off the couch and just started losing yeah. it. Um, I mean, so we had ex- a chance for that interception too, but I was excited.
2: I just, you know, whenever that interception happens, that changes. That changes the the momentum and everything. But yeah, yeah. I fell on the ground. I squealed a little bit
1: in and the stadium. It was even more so, like anticlimactic like that ball hung in the air forever in the stadium and like i saw billy bowman like running under it and i was like oh he's getting this yeah it's just got knocked out of his hands but yeah so for the listeners i got the privilege of going to the game with noah and his dad and grandpa his grandpa's been season ticket holder for 30 years and uh so he's a big fan wears uh some wool pants to the game so he's he's rather hot walking Ooh. back and forth, but he's a good dude. Yeah, Shout out well, to Noah's grandpa. We'd love to have you on
3: the podcast. Absolutely. While while we're talking about that, you just want to get into some of the colorful uh, things we heard mm-hmm. in the crowd and just
1: that's where kind I was of going. All
3: yeah. that. We made some mental notes about is. the game to uh, to bring that up.
1: Yeah. So we'll start with um, I think my highlight of the game was a bloke sitting behind us. Uh, oh there was a british like old man oh <laughs> sitting my behind goodness. us like, and he
3: sat there i don't know for a long time like pretty much since i've been going to games
1: yeah he's he's a regular behind them but man this dude every mistake or misthrow or anything that happened he just bloody hell just like the most british voice it's you not could not the bloody ball <laughs> It's like we're at that story. delay of game
3: I was talking about. He he said something to the effect of "snap the bloody bowl and Johnny and I just looked at each other, gave each other a look, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm writing that down."
0: Mm-hmm. How legendary would it be if he's not actually British and he's been doing that for OU games for years?
3: I've I've heard some stories. Um, the UTEP game, he was giving his life story to whoever's sitting next to him. And He's like a professor, and he's okay. been in the UK and like. I, is he yeah. a
2: professor at OU?
3: I don't think so. I think maybe his wife is, or something like that. But
0: shout out, uh, British guy that sits behind Noah. We'd love to have you We'd on. We'd love park. to have you. Yes. I don't
3: know if we would, man. <laughs> I,
1: but dude, yeah, he was a lot, and it was just. He like, felt
3: the need to break every single thing down to the guy he was sitting with. Oh, now oh, he's talking – now Kansas State will re- delay – this is an awful accent, so just just bear with me. But now, now they'll take their time substituting so we can get a delay game and then snap the bloody ball, mate, or just going crazy. I think that was more yeah. – Australian. New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, whatever. and he like,
1: would like – but I he really stop. would. So the dude that was with him, he would – like Davis Bevel would walk by and he'd be oh, 11 right there? That's Davis Bevel. Just like pointing him out like he it's like he's taking like his grandson to the game, but the mm-hmm. guy with him was the same age.
0: Mansplaining. <laughs>
1: um
0: that's but, Davis Bevel right there. Yeah. To
1: the, to the point that Joe was making about the old white guys on Twitter, there's a lot of them in the stands at the game. Yes. And it's just it's so frustrating to me, like again to our listeners we want to clarify we will never say that we are smarter than OU coaches or we were more athletic than like OU players but we are I'm never going to sit here and like act like I could do their job better and so many people in the stands are just constantly like Oh my gosh! Like, what is the issue here? Why is you know just back and forth? And it's so frustrating to sit there and try to be respectful
2: because the people
1: around us, like when we got all the false starts and stuff, they're like, "How hard is it?" And it's like it's we're yelling, hard. The, the eight. There's eighty thousand people yelling "boomer" when we're trying mm-hmm. to snap the ball. Like I would probably jump off a few times too, you know, things like that. And they just. And- are they complain about everything and then when something good happens they cheer for five seconds and then wait until the next bad thing happens and start complaining right. again
3: it's like they're not rational like every day is not going to be a day and no they shouldn't have lost this game but kansas state came in it with a great game plan our we weren't disciplined and had a ton of penalties they're a team that likes to control time of possession and run the ball a lot. Um, we weren't able to force any turnovers. And one of my picks for the coach I'd want in the battle, Chris Kleiman. He's just a warrior, and he you can see the mentality his team plays with.
0: Yeah, he's 3-1 and one against OU now. Mm-hmm. Like, since so, he's taken over K-State. They're they are...
3: ranked every time.
0: Yeah. And... That's one of the most frustrating things with a team like Kansas State because you go into the game knowing their game plan. Like you know what they're, they're going to do. They're going
3: to beat themselves. And you have to play discipline.
0: Whenever they play us, they play their game plan to perfection, and we just we just we just don't stop it. Like they, you know, coming in and Deuce Vaughn. I don't know how he looks in person. I know Johnny's been man. talking about him being, but I mean, he's yeah, I know he's tiny. But I just mean like his cuts. Like we're watching Joe. Joe came over to my house. We watched the game together again. And we were just talking about like just the the cuts that he makes. Like all these giant guys around him and he's stopping on a dime, jump cutting in between them, like turning sideways for a jump cut, getting between them and then just yeah, taking he's off. Yeah. He's and it's literally, just like you could see his cuts were just wild. Like
1: he's literally Darren Sproles. It's insane. Like he there's some there were some cuts that I he made, he tur- changed direction so fast mm-hmm. that I know if I was trying to tackle him I literally would have fallen. Like Yeah. Some of our players, like, missed an um attack or whatever. Like, I literally – yeah, I were pouring both ACLs on some of those. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: Yeah, they're three and four. And, like, thinking back to last year, um, me and my uncle and grandpa went up to the game in Manhattan. We're a lucky lucky call on, like, a double-kicked onside kick away from losing that game if one of Lincoln Riley's assistants doesn't spot that and have him challenge it twice. Like – that's how close it were from losing that game, too, and him being yeah. 4-0 against OU in four years.
0: I will say we've talked a lot about offense, looking at our defense. I think uh, our front seven has been getting a lot of love the last three games. People have been talking about how dominant they've been and getting lots of QB pressure and sacks, and, and our front seven – Did not have that tonight. They got exposed a little bit uh, playing a a big offensive line and, and a team that wants to just run the ball. And it was tough. I mean, it it was tough to watch these guys that we've just been, you know, we all love them. Like we, you know, all of these defensive linemen, we've all talked great about them on our podcast so far. And like you said, we didn't have a sack like yeah. We were, you know, and, and at some point it's like you said, I don't know coaching. I'm not saying I'm doing it better, but at some point it's like, man, some of those instances where we're only rushing three or four and it's like we are our, our, our secondary never really got beat down the field, but they'd get beat on 10 yard passes whenever Martinez had seven seconds to throw the ball. Like he's just standing there getting to scan, scan, scan until someone's open. And, and, you know, you don't know what to do. Like, do we need to rush more people? Like, can we just not get pressure? And so it was just frustrating watching over and over and over. And then, yeah. you know, then he would just take off running. And you're like, is there not a spy? Like, or is the spy just not fast enough? Which, obviously, you could tell Martinez was fast. Um, there was, I don't know, obviously, it looks different in person. So y'all can probably attest to how fast he was. But there was a play in the, in the first quarter where we brought, like, a corner blitz in. Um and who's number four for OU? I'm going blank right now. Jaden Davis. Jaden Davis was in on the corner blitz and was chasing him down, and Martinez just straight up outran him and got around the corner. So I'm like, if he's running, you know, around someone in the secondary, obviously he's fast. But it it was tough to watch the defense just really not stop the run, like the front seven not stop the run, not be able to get pressure on Martinez. I mean, that was just that was tough.
1: Yeah, they seem to just
0: the uh... They were with
1: first off, they weren't getting great pressure, but secondly, they were so like keyed in on Deuce Vaughn, like overly yeah. so. Yeah. And obviously if I'm coaching this week, I'm gonna say we gotta like, you know, box him in. But I obviously I think I would have put an emphasis on Adrian Martinez too. So I don't know. I think it's I think Kansas State knew knows that though. I think that's how they're going to win games this year. Is like, okay, if a team's going to take away Deuce, like we're going to run with Adrian or vice versa, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, he's Adrian is definitely quick in person. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Even in the previous like coaching regime, we always had trouble with mobile quarterbacks. It's just yeah. that's like been the the backbreaker of a lot of games playing like. Sam Ellinger when they won the Big 12 championship, like stuff like that. They, he was a mobile quarterback. and It's not like he's an amazing athlete, but it's hard to just defend somebody when you have seven seconds and then they're one-on-one to the corner. Yep. You know, I don't
0: know. When even a lot, like whenever we did rush some more people and we saw that one-on-one coverage, we actually saw some success with that. Like there's multiple times where, you know, Deshaun White playing that cheetah position – Was one on one with the tight end, and he made, I mean, he hung in there with the tight end and made the play. Like, he, you know, they threw it to him and he got the pass breakup. Uh, And then we saw it with Billy Bowman, too. Like, there's a couple times where he jumps, you know, through some routes that seem so hard to get to. Like, the guy looks open and Bowman flies in and and knocks the ball away. And that was the time that we were getting pressure on Martinez and making him beat us with his arm. And I think, you know, obviously, I don't know how to do that. I'm not the defensive coach, but if, if, You know, if we ever have to play Kansas State again, that's got to be our whole game plan. Like, you just got to make Martinez beat you with his arm.
1: Yeah, there was one play, they threw the ball probably 30 yards downfield, and Deshaun White closed and, like, broke the pass up. Yeah. And if that's, like, a good wide receiver with, like, four or five speed, Deshaun White's not staying with them. Mm Yeah. I don't know what the play call was, or like why, but he was the furthest defensive player back. Yeah, and was the basically on a like a six-four wide receiver. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think he was on man with that tight end, and that tight end got over the top of him, but then he caught back up.
1: Yeah, it's just like if that's I don't know if somehow he gets on like a slot receiver, like yeah. he's like he plays well. He he just, like, well, you, he just does like, not have the speed to stay with somebody like that.
0: No, it's really hard to hear you. I don't. Know. Is that better. I, I could hear you like a little bit, but you sounded very quiet compared to Johnny. I didn't hear what you said there.
3: I think my mic was picking Johnny up, so I lowered it. Uh, I said if that's Justin, Justin Harrington, it's a pick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then on the the flip side, like when we were fl- throwing some deep balls, like that ball that Jalil Fruit caught, where he kind of like turned around on the sideline and caught the ball, that was a great play, and like. Mm-hmm. I feel like so far in this year, we haven't thrown balls where we give it's we don't like throw 50 50 balls, like the whether it's coaching or DG, like whatever. I mean, obviously, we're playing well, like on the passing game, at least. Of just, but I don't know, take more chances. Like Marvin Mims is in conversation to be the best wide receiver in the nation, and so I would give him 50 50 ball chances to just outrun somebody or. Whatever or trust him to break it up even if it is like a bad pass, but it just doesn't seem like we take any chances It's either like wide open or or nothing
0: Yeah, well, and you know one thing i'll say is it felt like dg did a great job of the reads he makes like He didn't put any Balls out there that like were, you know, I thought they're gonna intercept this that looks awful like the reads He goes through he does pretty well. He just missed some of his throws uh, and so if we get consistent there, obviously that's going to help a lot.
1: Um, yeah. another thing yeah. is
0: like the offense did like, like BV said, the offense actually did good. Like if you look at their stats, they moved the ball, they had more yards. We just didn't capitalize when it mattered. and I think a big part of that was those penalties that Noah talked about. Like every time we got a rhythm going, we got a five or 10 yard penalty that just made it hard for us to keep going and we'd have to settle for a field goal or something. And those, those are tough breaks.
1: You know who had a really good game, and I got to see him, and I was, like, 15 feet away from him?
0: My boy,
2: yes. hang time,
1: hang time. He was practicing punts into the net, like, right in front of us. It was awesome. He oh, looks yeah. like a brick house down there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he had, golly, what was it, like, four, four punts and four a punts. few inside, like, the five-yard line. He like, had he's...
3: one inside the 20. Should have been two. Oh, yeah. Just caught the ball. He
0: had yeah. five five punts is what I'm seeing right here for 51.2 yard average.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. that's dummy. That was that's another crazy. thing the British dude behind us said. Like he made that first punt and he like hits his friend. And he's like, We have the nation's best punter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will say I I one good thing that I saw out of this from for me, I was I had voiced that I was worried about Zach Schmidt after he missed an easier field goal in Nebraska and, you know, he knocked down both of his field goals tonight and one of them was 44 yards. And it's one that matters whenever you're trailing in a game. So that was, it was good to see him knock those down with, with confidence uh, and not have to worry too much about that. But yeah, I just, some,
2: some stuff we can take away is we we got beat, in a, I think we can all agree, we got beat in a lot of areas. Um, the main thing for me was just uh, being physical. Um, I I feel like we weren't – I I mean, I'm always watching the offensive and defensive lines, and we just – you know, that's something that last week I felt like we were – I mean, obviously, we had a great game, in both of those areas, but man, we got to, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but I know that we can fix it. I know that we can get better Uh, just this week. It it looked like we kind of took a step back, but it just, the physicality it's gotta be there. If we're going to win, you know, big games, I know it's Kansas state, but this was a big game. You know, we haven't beat, we've beat them once out of the last four. So it's just something that, you know, it it, it meant something. And, I, and they were more physical, and they were more uh, aggressive, and they just came out – they came to play and it just kind of looked like we didn't, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't know if the team was just really confident coming out of three wins and, and good wins and defense playing well, which, you know – OU was getting a lot of praise for that, which they deserved. We, as a fan base, the last few years, we weren't used to really great defense, and we were seeing it, and we were happy. And I know they see that on Twitter, and it probably gives them a boost. Uh, and tonight, they got put to the test, and it just it did not go our way in a lot of ways. I will say the offensive line, at least, um, did a good job with pass protection. We only got sacked once. Uh, we only allowed four... Sorry, it says we only allowed one QB hurry. Uh, I know DG usually th- makes his reads and throws pretty quick, but he for most time he had a clean pocket or he had room to to run, which we saw him break off some good scramble runs. So I think our offensive line did good pass protection. We didn't necessarily get the push we needed on the run game all the time. Uh, but I think we're seeing improvements in the offensive line that was dealing with some injuries to start off with and and finding where they were gonna put everybody. so,
1: So what are yeah, we looking forward to for this this next game? We don't have to fully talk about it, but what are what are we looking for improvement wise? For me it's just
3: fixing the mental mistakes, limiting penalties. Uh, I'd like to see defensive line have a stronger performance, live in the backfield a little bit more. Um haven't got to watch TCU at all yet this year. Um so we I'm sure we can have a deeper discussion uh during midweek about um, kind of what we need to do to game plan and keys to win that game.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Just the fundamentals, the offensive line, like Noah said, we just can't jump off sides as much as we did and ruin our momentum that we have going. Uh, defense, we got to wrap up on tackles. One thing Joe and I talked about, uh, it looked like they thought maybe because Deuce Vaughn's smaller, they could hit him hard. And it would scare him or something because whenever we'd watch like replays, I know it's y'all get to see it live, but you know, we get to see some slow down replays and we see a lot of guys going in just with their shoulder and trying to rock him. And he's he was just bouncing off the tackles uh, and getting extra yards. So just to see them wrap up like wrap up your tackles and just take them down. Don't, don't go for shoulder tackles where you're laying the guy out, just make the tackle. I think that that'll help us big time. I'm sure Venables will let them know about that this week, but.
2: Yeah. Uh, for me, it's just, like I said, being more physical, like we just, we gotta be, we gotta come out with that head hunting mentality. And, um, I don't know tonight. It just didn't look like it was there. It didn't, it it seems like there was a different, um, like mindset tonight than there was, I mean, the last three games and we see, you know, flashes of greatness and you know last week was a lot of flashes of greatness um, and even in this game there's some positives to take away from it I think this team can be a whole lot better they can get better you know I, I definitely think at the end of the year we're not going to look the same as we do right now um, but yeah just changing, changing some stuff up and and I don't know mentally and and physically like coming out to to play so yeah,
1: yeah. <clears throat> for me i just i don't know i really want to see some offensive diversity um i know i know jeff levy has some like plays in his pocket that we haven't pulled out yet I've, if i had to guess i feel like we've seen less than half of the playbook maybe even like less than that um specifically there was that Pass that he made that DG made to the left side into the boundary to Braden Willis and he like They faked it. It was RPO. So they faked a handoff. Then he faked like uh, He Pumped the ball to the outside and then Marvin Mims was like open downfield So the whole secondary took off and Braden Willis just kind of like leaked out and they threw it to him So it was like a fourth option play And I hadn't seen a play like that run by them all season. And it was a gain of 17 yards and like a rather simple drop. And, you know, anyways, but we just run our our slants and um, our draw plays so much where we pull a guard and tackle that I feel like everybody's looking for those plays. So if we mix it up a little bit it'll just keep people on their toes and see what happens.
2: I found the piece of food that I dropped on the ground earlier, (laughs) listener. Just in case anybody was wondering. I ate Um,
3: it. Just kind of closing up here. um, The crowd was great tonight. The lights show was pretty cool. Um, I'm interested to see if they stick with the... Who knows? We might only have, like, one uh, more night game this year, but... um, see if they stick with the same song. Um, for those who don't know, it was In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Um, you could download the app, and it would sync with the lights, and that was actually pretty cool. I didn't do it because I, uh, I was filming some of it, but um, those flashlights were going crazy, and it was synced up with the music and all that. Um, just a couple things from around the country. Kent State Gave Georgia all they wanted today. They um they were leading, I don't, they they put up a good fight. They they. I don't think they ever led, but they put up a good fight. Uh, yeah. Twenty two thirty nine. Um. Oh, we we played them pretty well, so that's yeah. that's always again, a good little moral victory there. Um, Michigan didn't look too good against Maryland. They almost lost. Uh, Clemson almost loses the Wake Forest. USC almost loses to Oregon State. Um AM upsets Arkansas. Um that's something we'll get to when we discuss our picks on uh, the midweek pod. Um Yeah, I think that's it. Um we'll
0: say, I will don't, say I don't know what y'all I don't know if y'all have anything to say uh to the fans, but you guys are talking about some fans in this in the stadium like acting like they know better, but the Twitter fans, just as bad. Lots of immediate fans right afterwards saying, you know, like, oh, DG's not the right guy, he's not that good, or our defensive line got exposed and, and they're all actually bad. Like, it's not even just, you know. And so, like, to these people who have overreactions, Johnny, what would you say to, to Twitter people who immediately just turn their back on OU anytime something happens?
1: The thing I would say is... Is first off to be like super real with people. These are these are kids. Like yeah. the, the people that are playing this game that we're so we are so caught up in. I mean the four of us are like me and Christian are twenty six, I'm twenty Joe's twenty five. No, are you twenty four?
3: Um yes. <laughs> I have to do math. I
1: never know. Okay. Know Whatever. He's around that age. I'm saying yeah, we're twenty 24. We're like two or three years older than the seniors. And then the people in the stands with us are in their like 50s and 60s. And like, we're legitimately angry, or they're legitimately angry at teenagers. So, like, the, my first thing I would say to those people is these are kids who are still learning a game and they're playing a game at a higher level than we ever will or have. Yeah. And we need to be patient with them to grow. And obviously, we have a great coach at the top. But secondly, We need to understand that like things don't just like change overnight like Nick Saban was like he was at LSU and they he did so well at LSU that they're like oh let's take him to the NFL and he sucked in the NFL Mm -hmm. he was not a good NFL coach whatsoever but then he comes back to Alabama and he builds a roster and now like look at what he is. Like we would everybody I think on this pod would consider him the greatest college football coach of all time. Sure. And oh, yeah. So yeah. we just need to have patience more than anything and not be so uptight about like mistakes <laughs> cuz I I do think that if we look at the first half or second half of every game we've played so far that we've made improvements. Yeah. So Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, the,
2: the other thing is, I, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not. I was talking to somebody. This, I, I know I didn't expect, I don't think any of these guys expected this team to be a playoff team. You know, and, you know, hopefully this will be an early, you know, we're still early in the season and then we can make improvements and we can hopefully win the rest of our games. Um, and if not, we'll go from there, but this isn't, this probably isn't a playoff team. Um, but this is a team that could very possibly compete for a big 12 championship.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So, you know, it, it, it's, it's Brent's first year. Um, there's going to be some struggles. There's going to be stuff like this that happens that you don't like, but that's football. You know, you, you never know. and, Whenever you have a loss of some sort, you respond to it however you do, and then you build on it. So just have, like Johnny said, have some more patience.
3: Yeah, to close us out here, I'm going to read a tweet from Mike Halk, uh, who's OU's um, sports information director. Uh, Including tonight, OU football has lost its Big 12 opener five times going back to 2006 on each of the four previous occasions, uh, OU won the Big 12 title. So, yeah, uh, hope's still out there. Um,
0: I mean, even if we go undefeated, like, the four spot in the college football playoffs is up for grabs. Like, I think we all know the top three right now. Like, it's looking like Georgia, Alabama, you know, Ohio State is going to be the top three teams, that they're on a little bit of a different level. But the four spot's still up for grabs. Like, if we win the Big 12, that's a possibility. And I think it this is. team's going to play hard for it. Um, you know, I don't I don't think there's any quit. I don't think they don't think they're a playoff team. And I, I think they're really going to play hard for that, uh, you know. And I would just tell the fans, like, we all love OU, but it is football, and it's not our lives the way it's the lives of the coaches and the students. Like, it's okay to be mad about a game, but <laughs> if this is ruining, like, your whole week, You've got some other problems. Like <laughs> it's OU football game. People lose. It happens. We just keep rolling, and you keep supporting the team and liking the team and have fun with it. So,
1: absolutely, yeah. Um, I just think moving forward, we gotta just be positive and see what the changes are. Um, but I, I think a good. No, just had a good wrap up. But I, I do want to say. I don't think it's it's way too soon to blame Dylan Gabriel if yeah. we're gonna sing single out a player to like mm-hmm. be proud of him. Like he hasn't thrown an interception. Like we're four games in and he has not thrown a pick. Yeah, and that's awesome. He's thrown eleven touchdowns and he's got I think like over five hundred
0: yards in the, you know, like passing so far. Three hundred and thirty tonight with four touchdowns.
1: Yeah, like he's playing. He's playing great. And so, uh, if you're an OU Twitter fan that d- likes to diss the team behind your, you know, phone screen, Dylan Gabriel is not the one to throw shade at. And there's not, there's not a one person. This is a
0: team loss yeah. tonight.
1: We're talking to you, Dad.
0: <laughs> you can just blame him. Joe Irwin comedy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Blame Jeff Irwin. <laughs> blame my dad. <laughs> because all you old white guys on Twitter, you look just like my dad. <laughs> and I'm tired of it, okay? Either
0: support the team or get out. Well, I mean, I think that wraps up that wraps up our thoughts pretty well.
3: Yeah, we'll uh we'll be back uh Sometime middle of the week haven't figured out when we're doing that um we're gonna record on a new platform so it'll be more interactive and in the future for post game we'll be able to have people like call in and just get thoughts from um just followers stuff like that um we'll be able to access that and uh yeah we'll be able to listen to we'll get some clips from the post game press conference tonight and kind of talk about that and um Stuff like that moving forward.
0: Yep.
2: All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Podcast Like a Champion today. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter and Instagram and look out for giveaways and OU content. Also, leave us a five star review. And if you have a question you'd like us to address on the next podcast, you can comment on any streaming platform. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you.